The cover of this issue is seemingly blank. A solid black wall of ink, which as you pick it up, reveals a slightly holographic effect. Tilting the cover reveals the faces of Darren, William, Jackie, and Piro, but never all four at the same time. Each disappears just as the next takes its place. As you turn to the first page, the title is lettered in large cursive script over the Apex City skyline on the reverse interior of the cover. Issue 55. Nothing gold can stay. Welcome back to Apex City. We open on a series of panels. We see Piro sneaking around to get into position. We see Jackie in a giant bear mech grappling with a demigod. We see Ruby holding a void chime in one trembling hand. We see Darren touching down beneath a vine, the top of which is swiftly turning to gold, which is beginning to trail down through the vine itself. And we see William reading a contract. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Very, very on type for everyone here. Very, just so dramatic. Is he reading a contract dramatically, at least? Oh, to, like, it's a and... very good framing. It's an absolute, it's a, it's a great frame. The artist, the artist knows how to do this, right? It's like a three-quarters oh, thing. Obviously. Is there soft piano playing in the background? I mean, it's a comic book. So... Like, it's a comic, it's a comic book. book so no. uh... <laughs> maybe, hey, maybe in the audio. Yes, has... in the audio drama. The audio drama. Yeah. In the, the audio con- drama, yeah. it is very, very soft piano music. Wait, is this not the audio drama of the comic? Don't. This is the podcast of the comic, which also has an audio drama. Got it. We're only a couple levels deep. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. So I actually want to start with Jackie. Okay. Last we left off with you, you were out front of the Infernus Tower. You had been grappled by uh, Patalis, who had sunk his, like, bronze-tipped claws into your bear mech. And around those claws, the mech is beginning to turn to bronze. And the question here is, as this battle sort of rages around you, what are you doing? That giant column of fire that's around the tower is still, like, up, right? Except for the little portal. Yeah, yeah. Aside from the hole that uh, Cole is holding, Albin, yes. Okay. So, I feel like what I would want to do is, you know, he's got his hand and it's sort of attached to me. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to, like, pick him up and push him into that column of fire Mm. while he's still attached. Mm Mm-hmm. That feels like you're maybe directly engaging a threat. It it does kind of feel that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, that's a 10 on the dice, <laughs> which gives me a 13. We are rolling very well in these it's episodes. It's all going to go downhill. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. In, in the law of equivalent exchange, <laughs> all these good rolls are going to turn to shit. Yes. So I believe unless you are engaging in a china shop, uh, that gets you to two options. Yeah, I'm just going to stick to the two options this time. Though it does feel in character to just do everything in the mech with bowl in a china shop. It's up to you. you're the one in the mech (laughs) everything is in your power when you are the one in the mech you know what let's do it every engage a threat is going to be in a china shop while i'm in this mech fantastic (laughs) it's only my home it's fine it's fine so we're gonna get some collateral damage uh and technically it's not your home anymore that's true it belongs to toxin screw her yeah so screw her blow it up so uh so yeah what what are you picking i am going to once again, impress, surprise, or frighten them. Resist or avoid their blows. And I think I should take something from them. I'm thinking that I want to take his, his, his grip. I want to, I want to get him to let go. 
of me. I think that's doable. Now, I'm actually going to leave the in a china shop part up to you. How do you cause extreme collateral damage with this? You're in a courtyard. There's probably some statuary. There's probably some benches. There is, of course, the tower itself. Uh, What collateral damage are you causing? So actually, what I imagine happening is, so, you know, he's got his arm stuck into my chin, whatever, I sort of pick him up, rotate him and stick him into the fire. And, you know, while the fire is burning him, it's sort of reflecting back outwards into the city. So, you know, it's burning him, but it's also spraying up and burning up, burning stuff all around him. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff on fire outside. Absolutely. Uh, Because what I was going to say here is that, yeah, you actually do stick him into the fire. And rather than burning him, it's almost like a physical force. So it is causing like more kinetic damage to him than like incendiary. It definitely doesn't look like he feels great about it. But when it deflects off of him and hits a building, yeah, that building absolutely like just bursts into flames. Sorry, Apex City. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've never done anything terrible to a city before. So yeah, he definitely lets go of your mech. And the the words, uh, how dare you ripple through the metal of your mech uh, and just kind of encase you, uh, much like that earlier wave of like uh, communication that happened earlier, this just vibrates straight through your mech. I want to cut to Pyro and Ruby. So Pyro, you had kind of snuck off to get into position for this void chime, and you can see as you're moving uh, that William is reading a contract, and Patalis in the middle of this room is sort of like tapping one foot, you know, impatiently. And at one point, William doesn't recognize this, but you definitely do. Patalis looks like something is wrong, like looks around like maybe he just heard something out of, like out of nowhere, looks slightly concerned but quickly sort of waves that concern away and continues waiting on William to finish reading this contract. So the question here is, what are you up to? Well, I think it would probably be a good idea to charge my burn again. That's fair. You are out of burn. That is a 10. Nice. So you hold three, no conditions marked. And are you doing anything with this burn at this point? Uh, no, because uh, I still am waiting on William's signal, I think. That's fair. You, you know what the timetable is. We have that little timer down in the corner where you've got probably four minutes left at this point. So you've got a couple of minutes before this happens. And you can see Ruby across the way holding the void chime and sort of trying to get your attention. And you see her mouth the words, what do I do? <laughs> I'm gonna like stick my hand up really far in the air and make like a little okay symbol. Uh, like with my, my index finger and my thumb curled together and the, my three fingers extended and like just flick my index finger and Kalishi understands that I guess I think she nods I think I don't need you to roll anything for that I think that's just I think that's fine and as we get those panels uh the timer is of course going down across each of these panels I want to move from there over to Darren as you touch down in front of this safe room you can definitely see that like the coins there's like this tinkling sound as they continue to creep down the walls of the tower and sort of transform everything around them as they go what are you doing okay so i am standing above the safe room and it is encased correct no it hasn't it's hardened but it hasn't like the the demonic influence has not reached it I'm using hardened as like it's also magically protected. Yeah, so so fair, it's so. it's you can tell that there's like an area around it that this this encroachment is having trouble with. I more mean hardened like it's heavy concrete and steel, like it's physically hardened. All right, I would like to phase through. I would like to make an attempt to phase myself through. I haven't used phase in a while. You haven't. You haven't done this in a while. Uh, so I, yeah. I am I am for this going to have you uh, unleash your powers. Okay, and that is freak. Mm-hmm. 
Like I said, the minute's important. I got a four. Those are snake eyes. Oh, you know what? This is perfect. This is this actually works out very well. So you actually do get through the wall. That's not where this goes wrong. You phase through the door, and as you start to like emerge from the inside, you get hit with a blast of fire. And the panel we get is Eric and Furnace stretching out a hand and from like the elbow down. William, when you reattached your soul to that demon, it echoed backwards through your family. Eric's back, baby. Sweet. So we see that like volcanic kind of demon-like fr- uh, form from Eric's elbow down. And we see this big bolt of fire at what he thinks is probably some sort of uh, attack coming through the wall. And Darren, I do need you to take a powerful blow. Where's them snake eyes? I have a six. Nice. With no conditions marked. Best time for that. So on a miss, you stand strong. You do mark potential as normal. And tell us how you uh, either avoid, evade, or just straight up weather this blow. Um, I'm just going to say I am still in the phasing. It is not ability. It is pure luck. I was still <laughs> phasing through and my body had not yet reconstituted yet by the time he had fired off and it went straight through my incorporeal form. So yeah, you see that. And I think there is that moment where Eric, you've never really interacted with Eric that much. I, I have not besides the time he vaguely threatened. Oh, I have. I whipped him in the face. You did. That's the only <laughs> time you've ever interacted. That's the only time I've ever interacted with him. I hit him in the face. You hit him in the face. Why did we send me? This was your idea. <laughs> Technically, sending me was a Baroness's idea, but here we are. But I think I think that's good enough, though. I think that's good enough because we see that, like, as he's doing this, uh, Nightshade is also stepping in front with like a business card held between two fingers. And then once they recognize it's you, there's that beat panel where no one's moving. And then Eric just like lowers his hand and Nightshade lowers the business card. And Eric looks at you. Not who I was expecting. Oh, trust me. Being shot at with a fire demon was not what I was expecting either. And I think Eric uncharacteristically looks a little bit sheepish at this. I might have reacted hastily. To be fair, I thought we were under attack. My apologies. Oh, trust me. Your instincts are accurate. We need to make haste. And get out of here. And I think this is the point at which are you ready for something new? Because the other person that was heading down to the safe room was William's mom. Wilhelmina in furnace steps out of the corner where she was sipping a a crystal glass of let's call it sparkling apple juice for the kids at home. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just to be clear, we can say fuck, but we can't talk about Comics alcohol. Code Authority is weird that way. Even though she's an adult woman, she can't drink liquor. <laughs> I was just trying to make a joke. Yeah, no, it's it's like, <laughs> and this being an infernus safe room, of course, it's richly appointed. Well stocked, of course. Because yeah. hiding you, comfort, if you gotta be down here for a while, you might as well enjoy it. Uh, and she sits that down on a mahogany table. I don't think we need to get out of here at all. Um, I beg your pardon, um, sp- spawner of my friend William, but I don't believe you've been out of this enclosure. Uh, I have, and I have seen that you will soon be encased in bronze, and there will be no uh, hope slash faith slash wish of saving you once you're trapped in here. Wilhelmina kind of like considers you, and there's this look in her eye like she is, she is definitely turning something over in her head. How did you get through that door? 
Okay, so um, everything is made out of molecules, and those molecules, you know, come in different forms of states of matter. Some are liquid, some are plasma, some are solids, and I'm just going to keep going and try to explain the scientific reason as to how I was able to sift through. Uh, so what my species can do, we can take our take our molecules and shift the molecular properties so they become uh, more unstable, and that allows us to phase through the, the molecules of other substances. And um, it's actually very difficult to manipulate but uh you know when i was about uh 16 sprouts in i actually got an a in my class on it do you think you could get the rest of us out of here the same way yes i just need to turn you into mucus and she reaches over and grabs the glass and sort of drains it at that point well can't say it'll be the worst thing i've ever done we need to get to the top of this tower oh this poor woman we need to get to the 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 top of the tower not out of the tower Yes. What? What's at the top of the tower? A conduit room. Why do you think this tower specifically is important? Because it's really rich looking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want that as a panel. Just generally, <laughs> really confused. Like, because it's rich. I don't understand money. <laughs> Eric, at this point, we see his face kind of like light up, and Wilhelmina sort of like waves at him, like, "Yeah, okay, go on." And Eric steps forward. Our family entered this contract our family has the space that is tied to their dimension it's an extra dimensional space in my father's study it's a small part of their dimension um i i um i'm not a um i'm not an expert at dimensions um (laughs) but i would like to make the argument that perhaps they are not in a different dimension they may in fact be in ours right now in um, you would might call it the sky. No, no, no. The, the fact that we're having this conversation means that they're not fully merged yet. Once they're fully merged, kiss your free will goodbye. We're done here. Sounds like home. But if we can sever that link before we are fully merged, they have no foothold. They have no anchor. So I need to destabilize all of our molecules and take us up to the top level of your tower. Correct. And then we'll have to figure out how to sever that anchor, but... In theory, and he kind of looks over at his mom, and she nods. In theory, yes. Um, I, I'm, I believe there's a possibility that William is in it already. Will that sever him off? And I would like to cut our panel right there, back to William. William's fine. I feel like that's a good point to leave that question hanging. Uh, so William, when we panel back over to you, we get the little timer down in the corner that says 1 minute 30. And at that point, Patalis like frowns and we can see like the, the claws, like little bronze tipped claws on his fingers flex and then close. And then he snaps. Time's up. Ah, yeah, cool. Um, I just had one quick question about this. Um, do, uh, what, like, astral date is it right? Because I assume you don't want Earth date on that. Like, that seems really important to get the right date. Uh, also, is it full name or just initial? (laughs) What I'm going to have you do here is provoke someone. Because you are definitely (laughs) stalling for time. I'm still stalling. And, And it seems like you're trying to get Patalis to waste time here. Well, I rolled double sixes. Yeah, now we're in William's wheelhouse. <laughs> Screw this, like, mechs fighting and punching. I'm just gonna run my mouth. And... <laughs> That's a valid strategy. Yes, that has been your greatest weapon. So yeah, uh, on a 10+, plus, they rise to the bait and they do what you want. So yeah, Patalis kind of, like, covers one eye, and we can see, like, 
And we can see uh, on his face that he is maybe a little distracted at this point. It doesn't matter what date you put down. It's a causal contract. It goes forward and backwards in perpetuity. Mm. You're right. That makes so much sense. I I don't know how I missed that. You're, you're right. It's right here at the top of the contract. By the time I got to the bottom of the contract, I'd just forgotten about it. Um, Yeah. And I say we see like the, the time ticking down like 30 seconds. It's fine. Are you going to sign or not? You know what? Uh, I've made up my mind. I am absolutely going to uh, punch you in the face. <laughs> Are you just going to punch him in the face? Yes. Okay. Yes. Directly engage a threat. I am pulling my punches in an attempt to just distract him long enough to continue running out the time. And that is a nine. You get one option off that list? That will be resist or avoid. You hit him in the face. Uh, are you just like, are you demon fisting him? Oh, God, that sounds terrible. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Let's, <laughs> oh, God. Let's. <laughs> I, I, mean, I was just going to ignore it, but whatever. Are you hitting him with a demon fist? <laughs> I am still a demon, right? Like, I, I am still in inha- This whole time I've been inhabiting a fire. Okay. Inhabiting a fire demon. Okay. And I'm still in that form. So when I when I make that, I go, uh, oh, yeah, I, I've, uh, I see it. And I hold up the contract uh, in front of my face. And I go, oh, yeah, it was right here at the top of the, and I've, and I've made up my mind. And I just punch straight through the contract <laughs> and into his face. I think <laughs> the cheesiest thing I can do. Yes. I think that just stuns him long enough that, like, he doesn't even think to try and hit back at you. Just like, what? And then as he is sort of regaining his senses, we see that timer tick down to three. And then we get the panel where you hit him and it says two. Uh, And then I want to cut over to uh, Piro for the one. And then I want to cut outside of Jackie. We, we see uh, that your small assembled army has managed to push these demonic guards back from the doorway. They're actually doing quite a good job. And you are still tied up with Patalus. Give me like like one cool visual like battle damaged Jackie mech for the for the toy line. Right, for the toy line, yeah. I imagine there there's probably like there's something really interesting like stuck through the body of the mech that's just like protruding on both sides. A mm. tree sounds good because we're in a courtyard. I've already used a statue, so yeah, we got a tree sticking through. Okay, so like just like a big like branch like through through part of the the mech. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's in one side, out the other, and, you know, there's crackling electricity around it. I wondered if perhaps the, uh, the, the different AI machines that have around you, do any of them have projectiles? Like, do any of them have guns online, or laser beams, or... A beam saber, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, a beam saber. At least one version of Axiom did have uh, energy beams. Yeah, so maybe you can, like, ask TDOS to... You got full control. This is a mech. You got weapon yeah, systems. Yeah, yeah, right. you have mechs and weapon systems. So you're using purely, like, close contact. You might be able to tap into something that's more, you know, for the toy line. You know, <laughs> sure, projectiles. sure. You gotta have Plastic little rockets discs. that shoot out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I'm gonna say that's definitely a thing that's going on in the panels. There's something else I wanted to try. Mm-hmm. Because if I remember correctly, Axiom is primarily nanobots, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why they can reshape. So you remember earlier when he like stuck his hand in me and tried to turn me to bronze? Mm-hmm. I want to stick my hand into him and try to turn him into something else. Mm. I want to like nanite him. This is going to be an Unleash Your Powers. I, yeah, that sounds right. So like, how do you like it? Jerk. 
There's the snake eyes. Oh, no. But it does fill up my potential track. Well, that's handy. Uh, so here's so here's how this goes. You grab Patalus, and for a moment, uh, we do see, like, the, the nanites starting to, like, encroach into Patalus's demonic form. And then you hear a voice ripple once again through the suit of your mech. Quaint. Like, what color are your readouts? I imagine Tdos's readouts are usually green, right? I imagine they're green. They they start to shift from green through red and then to gold. And you can feel Patalis starting to just turn off your mech systems one by one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your mech probably has like one more thing that it can do, but then it's going to be out of commission. Okay. So think about that one more thing you want your mech to be able to do. Got it. And meanwhile... I want to, in the one moment before these void these void chimes get struck, I want to back up just a little bit and check in on Darren. Okay, I've done this in theory on uh, other groups. So everyone grab a- an appendage. <clears throat> and uh, I would like uh, Nightshade and Eric and Wilhelmina all to grab like a hand or a limb or a shoulder, what have you. And all of us, I would like to turn to mucus. To save their lives. So roll to I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you two options. Are you actively going to be going up or are you just going to ignore that plan and try and get them out of here? No, I'm gonna take them up. That's an unleash your powers then. Okay, unleash my powers. Uh that is freak, which is plus two, no conditions marked, still by some miracle. I'm so scared now. <laughs> Don't roll snake eyes. The guys have turned on us. Oh yes! Thirteen. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, we see those panels uh, of the group of you traveling up the Infernus Tower. And as you do, the higher you go, the weirder the archaeology gets. It goes through a series of coins and then, like, gold bricks and then just, like, solid gold, like, architecture. And then by the time you get to the top, it's almost this half-real crystalline formation, except for one bright glowing point at the top, which, as you'll recall... Uh, we had seen in some previous panels. That point uh, is that room that you had previously been in with Debbie and Jackie and Piro so long ago. And as you uh, land, so to speak, in that room... Squish, yes. Squish. And we see everyone solidify. I would like to move to Piro. Oh boy. And Piro, we open on you and we see the little counter hit zero in the bottom of the page. What do you do? I, I flick it, flick the void chime. So we're going we're going to get to what actually happens, but we're going to make a couple of rolls. First off, Piro, I would like you to strike a void chime. That is plus freak, uh, minus two if you are afraid. Oh, well, guess what? I am seven plus freak, so that's a nine minus two, so that's a seven. Uh, so on a seven through nine, you're going to pick one thing. You're either the chime is not going to attract magical or supernatural attention, or you are not going to mark the seismic event track. Which of those two do you want to pick? Yeah, so I guess I'm going to choose to not attract magical slash supernatural attention and i guess i'll continue to stay under the radar so that brings our seismic event track up to four and i just wanted to see what happens (laughs) and that brings us over to ruby who we see at that same instant flick a void chime and this tone begins to echo across the hall way on the other side of it i am going to have you one more time for clone pyro strike that void chime I got two. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, wait, mm-hmm. do, do I get to mark potential for that? You do. You absolutely do. Awesome. Then my potential is full. Nice. Clone Piro was relatively near, William. We see Clone Piro 
go to strike that chime. And as they do, the force of this rips them apart. Wow. To the atomic level. They are a fine, fine dust. And a discordant note rings through uh, this, this vibration, this echo that is, that is currently uh, going around this room. And William, in this moment, what do you do? I strike a void chime. Go for it. 11. Now, on a 10 plus, you do technically pick both. I'm not going to enforce that because it feels like you actually want to fill this. <laughs> There's a, I, I honestly really want to fill a seismic event track and just let that happen. Yeah, I want to see what happens. Four void chimes struck, some of them more effectively than others. <laughs> I, uh, four struck, one of them atomized the person who struck it. <laughs> so the other thing that I'm going to have you do at this point in time is I need all of you to take a powerful blow. That's fair. Jackie and I as well? Yes. Everybody. I should I shouldn't have asked. No, oh, well, here we go. So once everybody is rolled, uh, we are gonna start from the outskirts of this and move inwards. Uh, so I think at the extreme outskirt right now is gonna be Jackie. A tone rings out from this city. It builds into this almost like cacophony before resolving into this one low piercing tone that carries behind it a physical pressure. You can see the ground start to splinter around the Infernus Tower. What did you roll, Jackie? I rolled a five. Fantastic. Tell us how you weather this blow. My guess is, or my my thought is that um, I kind of take the body of this demon guy and sort of shelter myself behind it <laughs> i love that so much i'm so proud he's gonna of take you. the whole brunt of this nice so you just like that's the last thing you get to do in your mech there is like whip patalis in front of this blow. oh i had one other thing i want to do with that but... okay well we'll 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 hold that one other thing yeah. i like that i still like this i like you like moving patalis in front of this to, to kind of shelter behind we'll see how this plays out and yeah it hits it hits patalis hard uh, we'll get to the exact outcome of that. Uh, but next in line here, I think, is actually Darren. Uh, you're up in this conduit room. And as the Infernus family is starting to spread out, I think Nightshade is kind of like awkwardly standing next to you and like chewing a piece of gum and like offers you a piece of gum. Do you take a piece of gum? I have never had gum before. I'm going to take some. It's juicy fruit. And put it behind my ear. So, so you take the juicy fruit and you put it behind your ear, and that is the point uh, at which this tone kind of resolves. And you've heard this like low humming in the background. It's not as intense here, but suddenly it is very intense, and it blows everyone towards the walls and sort of back down onto the ground. So yeah, it blows everyone like towards the walls and to the ground, and you can see the room you're in starting to like fragment and like little bits of the ground are starting to vibrate and levitate up what did you roll i rolled a four nice how do you weather this blow i don't know <laughs> um i thought i thought like again still mucus <laughs> but my other thought was i don't save myself i want to say that cole protected her kids and like flew up and like encased us uh in herself and you can see, like, are you familiar with, like, the, the metal that, like, shifts, like, in spikes, like, around magnets? There's a word for it. I'm so sorry. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, it's, it's pharaoh, pharaoh something. Pharaoh fluid. Thank you. Pharaoh fluid. It's, like, yeah. and you can see her, like, bodies, like, like, rippling, like, pharaoh fluid. So, yeah, no, I really like that. I like, uh, I like Cole basically taking sort of the brunt of this onto her 
very like sturdy reactive like nanotech form and kind of encasing the top of the infernus tower to protect the people up there i like that yeah i think that's a cool visual Uh, so you definitely like take the hit but you can tell that like that shaking and that splintering that is happening is probably much less intense than it should by all rights be because of this uh let's move from there next up the line to piro who actually struck one of these chimes I got a nine. Nice. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Nice. No, it's okay, honey. Around you, these pillars are starting to spiderweb cracks upwards, and bits of them are starting to crash to the ground, and you can see that just colossal form made of coins starting to, like, shift, and bits of coins are starting to fall off of it, but it is starting to stand up. Uh, So you had a nine. What are you going to pick? I would like to choose uh, to give ground and uh, give my opponent uh, an opportunity. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a choice here. Oh boy, William or Ruby? I gotta choose Ruby. I'm really sorry, but I, I mean, I'm in this hell dimension with you. Isn't that enough? Now, now I, now, now just you're, to, you're just, choosing who to hit. Yeah, just to clarify, this is who's getting moved on. Okay, well then, uh, then, then William get hit. You know. Okay. You punched him, so. So I think the the opportunity that your opponent is going to take is going to happen directly after we resolve William's uh, powerful blow here. And that brings us to kind of the epicenter of this. William, you're sort of in the eye of the storm here. Around you, everything is starting to shatter, shear off like a glacier. The whole place is starting to come down around you. But in probably a five to ten foot circle around you, everything is still. What was your powerful blow? Seven. What do you so wanna, close. What do you want to take? Despite already having two conditions, I'm going to struggle past the pain and mark two more conditions. Nice, nice, nice. This is not going well. That hurts. That hurts a lot. So it I'm does. going to mark afraid and insecure. And I, I think that that is just going to tie into the opposition move here. Uh, because I think the opposition move is that... Patalis, possibly realizing now that this was a ruse, uh, has moved from... A clever ruse. A clever ruse. Has moved from slightly annoyed with you to 100% enraged. And the light sunflower seed covering of, of his skin fractures and then glows and then reforms. So, so you know how sunflower seeds are shaped? Yeah. Yes. Like, they're, they're kind of like these smooth, like, almost uh, pointy at one end. And the, the smooth parts have been out up till now, and they basically flip so that the pointy parts are out. And I think Patalis just bear hugs you, and you are almost, not quite, uh, because you do have the demon covering you, but you can feel those points against your skin, and they are sharp. And Patalis is just trying to crush you against uh, those sharp points. He made himself an Iron Maiden. Yup. It's not fun. I was going to say, it sounds like we have our next Applebee's appetite. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Patalis bladder. <laughs> it's an experience. Demon roasted sunflower seeds. Uh, what do you want me to do? You, you want me to take a powerful blow? What do you want me to no, do? No, no, that? no. That, that was just, that was just the, the opposition move. You're in a bad place. <laughs> okay, got it. Perfect. You're not in a great place right now. But, uh, but with that, I want to establish a couple of things. Because we just filled a seismic event track. Mm-hmm. And we get some panels from the bottom of the Infernus Tower looking upwards at this inverted city. 
And we can see, like, the big golden buildings starting to, like, crack and fracture, and uh, gold is raining down from the sky, but not in a fun way, in a, like, two-ton bricks of gold are falling from the sky onto a city. I would like to get a reaction to this, and I want to kind of start with Jackie, because you're really the only one that is outside right now. What do you do? I feel like this is a bit unexpected, but I feel like Jackie would take this in stride by now. I feel like what I would do is try and use this opportunity to take advantage of Batalus that I'm fighting. Mm -hmm. I know how I would, how I was planning to do that. Yeah, go for it. But I don't want to, like, take away from the moment of the seismic event happening. Oh, no, no, absolutely, absolutely go for it. Because multiple things can be happening at once, cinematic as hell. So I imagine what I would want to do as my mech is being taken over is I want to rocket it into space. With Patalis still attached to it. Okay. I have. I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> I tore. I tore my headphone cord out of the socket. Uh, I was laughing a little bit. I'm sorry. <sighs> okay. So you're gonna rocket into space with Patalis. That's. That is my plan. That is what I want to do. Yes. <laughs> so if it helps, I'm trying to go to the moon. Yeah. Okay, okay. I wanna, I wanna, I don't wanna resolve this quite yet. That's, that's what I thought. I wanna have this, uh, this panel where you just engage thrusters and start climbing rapidly. Which is well within Axiom's power set. Yes, absolutely. Uh, as we have noted, Axiom real fast. Yes. So... You are just climbing into the sky. You're swiftly crossing Mach 2 and 3 and 4. Dodging gold bricks. Dodging gold bricks. uh, You know, somewhere around five times the speed of sound. It's a good panel. And I want to move from there back in towards Pyro, where Ruby at this point is... I I think she just immediately dropped the Void Chime and she's running towards you. Not in a like antagonistic way, more in a like, this is my friend and I need to get over to my friend. And like, I don't know what's fully know what's going on here, but it's not great. Just just maybe needing some comfort or looking to you for guidance. So Piro. I hug I hug Ruby. It's it's very I, I like that panel. I love that panel. You hug Ruby. This whole place is collapsing around you. You know what? This is a comforter support, if ever there was one. Oh boy. Roll that mundane. Okay. That is an eight, but I am angry. So that's six and it's mundane oh minus another one so that's five i don't want to i don't want to make this uh the comforter support go wrong i just want to complicate the situation because i think that's a very good scene and i and i I want it to happen so i think the way that this complicates i want to make this go wrong uh because again you had both sort of like charged burn and you had those masks around you and i basically just want to trigger portal okay deal so i think i think your masks uh are portaling you out of this incredibly dangerous situation as much to save themselves as it is to save you. The two of you are encased uh, in this double-sided like mask dome, which then shrinks down in on itself and then pops back into existence in the middle of Simone Park. Cool. Really cool. And William. You're being hugged. Uh, you're, you're, being, you're being hugged. It's a good hug. Yeah, it does. Probably doesn't feel super great, if I had to guess. Yeah, it's not great. I I have an inkling of what I would like to try. Yeah, what do you want to try? Um, I'm done here. Okay. I have no desire to be here. So I'm still in this, like, demon suit. Mm-hmm. 
that is currently protecting me. I, I want to try basically opening a very small William-sized portal below me in the suit and just, like, drop through out entirely. <laughs> just like, just whoop, and just leave leave my ec- demon exoskeleton behind. I'm going to have you unleash your powers. Yeah, that I, I assume where I portal depends on <laughs> how yeah. well I roll here. Uh, okay, I do not have hopeless marked. It is the one thing I don't have marked. That may have been purposeful. (laughs) I rolled an 11. Nice. So yeah, we see you uh, wink out of your suit about the same time that Patalus just crushes it uh, against his form and it shatters into a million pieces. And we leave those panels with this whole, like, sort of throne room crumbling. And we get down to Darren. So Darren and the Infernus family are up in that conduit room. You and Nightshade have just exchanged the bonds of Juicy Fruit Gum, uh, after which the world briefly got real loud. And it's still shaking, it's still vibrating, and things are still starting to break apart. And at this point, Wilhelmina is basically trying to get Eric up. Eric got hit by a falling piece of masonry. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like he's super injured, but just, like, dazed, a little stunned. And he kind of is pointing towards that, like, uh, that sort of altar that you are familiar is in the middle of that room. He says, can you break that? I'm going to um, increase the density of my fists, of my four fists, and just start punching at the altar. I will have you unleash your powers for that. Ah, it's a six. Well... As it turns out, you do have people in the room with you, and there is team in the pool. It just hasn't been important because no one's ever failed by one so Oh, far. that's true! Yeah, um, can I please enlist the aid of... Oh, Nightshade's Oh, Nightshade, definitely. Yeah, he and I, we've been bonded by Juicy Fruit. Let's do this. So, so Nightshade, I actually think, has been folding that Juicy Fruit wrapper into, like, a very thin edge. And as you start, like, smashing, I think he flicks it towards that altar. And uh, as your fist comes down, it drives it in like a nail. Cool. I like that. On a hit, you're going to do this. But on a 7 through 9, either mark a condition or I'll tell you how this is unstable or temporary. I will mark a condition. What are you going to mark? You're going to mark. It's a pity. No, I could see your extraordinarily hopeful face right there. <laughs> please don't <laughs> right. mark a condition. Please. <laughs> Um, I'll mark guilty. You split this thing open, and inside, you are somewhat surprised to find it's not solid stone. It is encasing a human skull. And uh, on the forehead of that skull is carved a pretty elaborate spiral. And as it is released from this altar, the mouth of the skull uh, stretches open, and then the whole thing bursts into flames. Can I ask a question about the flames? Is it in cult encased in flames like it is it is burning away or or it is like um like ghost rider like like ghost like ghost rider style, yeah. I wanna I wanna actually get out to Jackie. You've broken orbit Yes. Patalis at this point has latched onto your mech and like all of these like emergency warnings are kinda screeching at you because you're quickly becoming too heavy to do what you're trying to do. So so you're not in a great place right now, uh-huh. uh, but you are in space. You are still moving. You do still have control for the moment. Yes. And I guess the question here is, 
what are you actually trying to do? Okay, so my thought process is this guy seems like he's magic and possibly a little out of my league. Uh, the only thing I remember, so I remember something that had a big reaction to magical shit, especially William's magic, and that was Tentacle Beastie on the Moon. <laughs> So, my plan is to feed Patalus to Tentacle Beastie on the moon. That feels like an Unleash Your Powers. Yeah, I'm willing to unleash my powers on that. Uh, that's that's a nine. Uh, on a seven to nine, uh, you can either mark a condition or I will tell you how this is unstable or temporary. I'll, I'll, t- I'll mark a condition for that, yeah. What you marking? You know what? I think I'm a little insecure at the moment. Seems fair. Uh, so hold on. I need to open a file. Because I knew this day would come. Eventually. And so I did some math a long time ago. And I'm going to open this notepad file. And I would like the audience to know that this notepad file uh, is titled Jackie versus the Moon. Axiom Full Burn. And I actually need to modify this because you are in a suit made of 13 axioms. But one axiom has a top speed of somewhere over 2 million meters per second. That's a lot. Yeah. With Jackie, an axiom would be somewhere, if I do my back and math right, somewhere around 600 kilograms of mass. Now, as you might know, energy released is joules equal one half mass times velocity squared. The impact of that would be about 1.2 times 10 to the 15th joules, or if I do my math right, about half a megaton. That is one axiom. You are being pushed by 13. So you hit the moon with enough force to vaporize uh, every living creature on Earth, for surezies. I'm gonna need you to tell the one. Now, this is where I roll snake eyes. Okay, I rolled a seven. Hey, look at it this way. At least you don't have to figure out how you weathered that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's fair. Yeah, so that's, I am insecure, but I have, I am not my body. So when I take a powerful blow, my roll is if I had two fewer conditions marked. That's useful. I have essentially no conditions marked, so I just get a seven. Sorry, I need to do some math. <laughs> Better you than me. Cool. I just wanted to make sure this uh, this worked out. So there's a couple of things going on right now on Earth. Because we see, I think we cut away from Jackie and Patalis impacting the moon a split second before they hit the surface. And I want to cut briefly to two different people. I want to resolve something and then I want to introduce a wrinkle. Let's, let's start by getting back down to Darren and the flaming mm-hmm. skull. Because this flaming skull starts to float kind of midair and for a second it looks like something real fucking weird is about to happen and as it turns out something does because this skull starts growing a body and the flames enwrap it uh and then they begin to fill out with flesh uh and that flesh is in fact william infernus what welcome back to the real world huh (laughs) you teleported away it's a very uh, different type of teleportation than what I'm used to. You're a different kind of demon now. So I, I was going to ask that. I, I am still also... attached to I still have demon powers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, the, the, the 
the the bizarre nature of this particular entrance is probably due to the fact that you were transporting yourself between dimensions essentially rather than within the same one you you had to build yourself essentially a new body not that you again knew exactly what you were doing this is just how it worked uh hey darren (laughs) hey what what are you doing here me yeah what am i what the what are you sorry i almost made darren say fuck and darren would not say fuck you know why not what the fuck (laughs) i i think nightshade uh just very casually takes off his coat and gives it to william oh i'm fully naked great you just reconstructed yourself they they reconstructed you with your nikes on (laughs) (laughs) just a pair of black business socks for some reason can we do dress William? Dress William by committee. Dress nope, William. Not doing this game again. Oh, uh, thanks. Thanks, Nightshade. Appreciate that. I want to get these panels uh, of the group of you because your mom at this point is swiftly ushering you out of this space because it is starting to quickly fade away. The the space you're inhabiting is separating from this reality. Can Cole, like, give us a lift out because the rest of our tower has been turning to bronze? Yes, Absolutely. I think I think you exit this room directly into Cole uh, in spaceship form. A- and I like that that scene of the group of you and probably the, the two Dakota kids inside spaceship Cole angling down uh, from this tower. Avoiding fragments as sh- she goes. Well, as it turns out, that's not as big as an issue as you might think. Because as you start to leave this tower, the second thing I want to show you is that those big gold bricks that were falling from this city are impacting some sort of surface a few meters above the city skyline. And they are resting there on this giant invisible box. And I want to get down to Piero like and Ruby. invisible boxes. Your masks teleported you down to Simone Park. Okay. And as you come into being, first off, this once beautiful park is now covered in a fine layer of ash. Uh, it is no longer snowing that ash, but... There is the wooden form of a human, no longer a artist's doll. Just looks like a normal human being dressed in slightly archaic clothing, but made entirely of wood. And turns to you with a blank face that is only split by a smile. No nose, no eyes, uh, no ears, no hair, but a mouth. Great. I hate this. The playwright spreads its hands, and from the ash, where we can tell was buried in it, start to rise these forms. Now, you remember the warehouse, and those, like, almost halfway grown bat creatures that people have been turning into? Yeah, 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 I remember. This is the final version of those. They look slightly chiropterin. They likewise don't have eyes or noses, just big mouths full of irregular teeth. And they're all smiling. And the playwright says, Welcome to the finale. So glad you could join us. Yeah, I'm uh, sobbing profusely. Just, you know, snot everywhere. I think as you do that, Ruby actually grabs your hands and is pulling you away. Like, she is trying to, f- to run. Uh, Aww, are, are, you, okay. are you letting her guide you away from this? Yeah, absolutely. I'm into that. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to get as far away from these monstrosities as possible. 
So that's where we leave off with you. And that is the point at which we revisit the moon, because Piro and Ruby, as you are running towards the outskirts of Simone Park, and uh, as you are just touching down outside the Infernus Tower, which is, on the upside, no longer ringed by a giant ring of fire, there is a bright flash from the moon and a growing spread of released energy that is somewhere around 1,200 miles across. The shockwave reaches Earth about two minutes later, and we'll see you next issue. A New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of punching your way out of contracts, blowing holes in the moon, and saving the world. If you haven't picked it up by now, I mean... <laughs> Jackie Bear is played by Christina. Piero is played by Lenny. William Infernus is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at Nanjitsu. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram at Fitzonomy. Find us wherever fine podcasts are sold, and if you fancy leaving us a five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice, we would greatly appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.